Right. So you're all very welcome along to the very first X podcast. Um, our goal is quite sim simple, bring you, the listener, high quality discussions and interviews from the world of golf on a weekly basis. Um, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Dave O'Connor. Dave, how are you? Good. How are we doing? Very good. Joe Neeland, are you well? Not bad. Not bad. How are you? Very good. And Connor Nolan, what's happening? Oh, so it has never been a more interesting time in the world of golf than right now. I think there's a million things happening. We had Rory McIlroy shoot a final round 60, 62 to win his second Canadian Open uh, at the weekend on the PGA Tour. It's also US Open Week, which will be staged at the quite infamous Brookline Country Club, just outside of Boston. But we'll get to all of that. First things first, I think... The week just gone will likely be remembered for years to come, for good or bad. Live Golf kicked off this week in the Centurion Golf Club just outside London. Joe, just down the road from you, so I'm sure you paid the 100-odd pounds to, to line the pockets of those kind Saudis. Um, so I've no doubt everyone's been well across this over the last few days, weeks, and months. Charles Schwartzel uh, beat a bang average field to take home nearly five million dollars joe start with you what are your thoughts on the whole thing um well i suppose first of all being close to us it was um an immediate uh dilemma of whether to um go go down make the trip and i inevitably uh didn't um i think it's been well documented how it's a horrendous regime obviously that's uh that's managing this um and yeah like i would obviously you have to you can understand why certain players went for it obviously um i think immediately i have a, a you take issue with players like dj going like as in i don't know what it, i don't know what his signing bonus was in the end like, I think like 120 million career. what was it i think it's 120 million 120 right well that was um, i heard but sure you wouldn't know yeah i mean like i don't like you know his coffers are fairly you know uh deep at this stage anyway so he he, he definitely doesn't need it but um but for you know for some players like you can kind of understand why they why they would go for it like i think henny duplicy came second and what did he collect like 2.6 or something million and i think his career earnings up to that point was something it, it was less than that anyway and he played on the tour for seven years i think his only win in the sunshine tour was like three hundred fifty thousand or something so i mean you've got to you got to look up did he play pga tour i'm not sure i don't even know if he's he's been on pga tour he played a bit of european tour that's about it. i'll be honest and say uh, he hadn't really heard i i think i heard I his name heard before but yeah uh, as with probably i'd say i'd say about 20 percent of the, the the field i hadn't heard of a few of them well there was a 15 year old amateur from uh thailand was it yeah yeah who um inevitably yeah so um yeah you can understand why some of them don't have put at the end of the day it's uh you know it's i'd like to think i wouldn't do it and that's <laughs> kind of what it comes down to and um, but you don't know your circumstances at the time like you know a couple of these lads are using it as like obviously a, a retirement fund get in and out in a couple of years and you know do it but <clears throat> i think like 
if you're gonna do it as well, you have to own it. And that's what like so many players have not done. Like as in looking at GMAC saying like, oh, we're changing the game. Like, you know, we're, you know, we're bringing something new. Um, and then also subsequent to that to say that he's taken the moral high ground and resigning from the PGA Tour so that they can't, uh, whatever, essentially sack him. Like using the word moral high ground in, you know, what he's doing is, is, uh, is, is, is kind of comical. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's terrible, but, um, yeah, interesting to get your lads' thoughts on it, obviously. Well, if there's one man who definitely take the money, it's Dave. What do you reckon? <laughs> no, I don't think I would. Well, I mean, I would at the moment, personally, like, I mean, as, as someone playing off seven, if, if Liv offered me 120 million to go and play in Centurion, I might have taken it, but I'd like to think if I was in the position of these boys, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I think, like, as Joe said, it's, it's well documented, you know, the regime and all the political, geopolitical uh, aspects of it. But I think just, like, from a golf perspective, I just think it's really bad for the game. Uh, to be honest, I think it's going to devalue the big events. It's going to create a bit of a chasm between, um, well, obviously the Live Tour, if you want to call it the Tour, and, and the PGA slash DP Tour. Um, like, I think GMAC and these boys, they, they didn't own it, but I mean, some of their quotes, there was just such a such a gap from, from reality. I mean, GMAC's various press conferences and interviews was, a little bit like a, an episode of Kirby Enthusiasm at times. Like, it was what could possibly, what else could he possibly say here? Um, you know, I think Poulter and Westwood's press conference were were just painful. And I think, like, another one, like Mickelson, I think, you know, for someone who, for better or for worse, and whether you like him or love him or hate him, you know, he's always been very charismatic and very well spoken and, and very articulate. He just looked like a shell of his former self. Totally yeah. I think I don't know if you guys saw John Ram's press conference yesterday at the US Open. Like I think he put it very well in the sense that a lot of these boys could retire today anyway. Yeah. Like you yeah, know, very and, honest. And they're clearly not they're clearly not bothered with anything other than money when it comes to this thing. There's no prestige here. You know, Centurion Golf did, did that tournament even have a name last week? Oh like you no, know, like, like who's gonna live like, invitational or something, I think. Like Charles Warsaw will always be remembered as the man who won the first live event. Like that that will obviously get down in history, but like I have no idea what the next event is, what it's called, what it's worth, what makes it different. Um exhibition like. It's exhibition stuff for 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 obscene amount of money. And I think, you know, I suppose you could be very very difficult to criticize the likes of a Henny Duplessis or uh Yeah, I agree. Difficult. And I think also, it's but also these guys are going to these guys are going to fall away from this thing. Like if they're gonna have invitational fields of forty eight people, if Liv goes away, Liv wants it to go, or Greg Moore wants wants it to go, Henny Plissy won't have a chance to get into one of these things in a year or two time. Um and I also thought it was it was it was strange to hear the likes of Dustin Johnson talk about wanting to retire in a couple of years all of a sudden. It's almost like this just became an option to him. Um now I think we'll all agree that, you know knowing and having listened to Dustin Johnson over the last 10, 15 years, that may very well have popped into his head at that moment. And maybe he has put a lot of thought into it anyway. <laughs> uh, but also I didn't think that was a good look for Liv, like in the sense that they're trying to build this world tour and yet they're at the time, at least their marquee player was saying, well, I actually want to do this for two years and then I'm going to go fishing and haul out with Paul 
Paul Gretzky, which you know, not bad. Not not bad. Not bad. Um, I completely agree. One thing though, I I don't necessarily agree though is um, he said it takes away from the big events. I think it doesn't. I think it highlights the big events. Like if if we look at what this offers, the only thing that this offers is money. So like. I don't, as the viewer, as the fan, I don't care at all if Charles Schwartzel needs to make a par in the last to make $5 million. I mean, that means nothing. Whereas you had, like, the PGA Championship there, where Mito Pereira sat on the AT&T. He's a rookie, comes out of the PGA Tour. He's a chance to win his first major. And he's got a chance to write his name in history as winning the first major. Like, I'm drawn into that. Whereas... I am not drawn in to watching like a load of already rich guys play for something that just doesn't matter. Now, I think if they hadn't paid big money up front to these guys, I think maybe there would be something in it. So like if Charles Schwarzer was going to try, you know, I had to make a pie on the last or a bogey in this case to make five million. That's a big deal. But when he's already getting probably two or five million for the week, then it doesn't matter. Like, you know, what is it like? What I say it takes away from the big events, though, it's going to take away from big events, at least in the PJ Tour, in the sense that the field isn't going to be the same. Okay. Like, these guys are not going to be there. So, you know, it was like, again, Ram was saying yesterday, you know, winning the Memorial means something. Winning Ireland Palmer means something. But Memorial, if as, as things stand, Memorial next year, Arnold Palmer next year will not have the field we're used to because, you know, at mm. least a handful, if not more, of the world's best players won't be there. And we also don't know what stance the majors are going to take. I mean, the USGA sort of bottled it this week and said, or, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to take away places for people who've already qualified for this year. They didn't, yeah. they didn't commit to a stance going forward. We don't know what the RNA are going to do with the Open. We don't know what Augusta Nash are going to do with the Masters. So that's kind of my concern in that respect. And then, you know, obviously the Ryder Cup, President's Cup, you know, that's what I mean when it's, it's going to take away from big events. Yeah, and, and there's kind of also uh, there's kind of a personal conflict there as well in terms of like, and I'm sure you guys think the same thing, similar anyway. Like as in last week when I heard the USJ GA weren't banning them, I was like, oh, like cowards, like you know why haven't they done it? And then mm. selfishly last night when I was reading like, you know, just some of the like <clears throat> odds and like you know kind of favorites, I was like, oh, it adds so much that these guys are here now, you know, haven't played in live this weekend. Mm. I think that's probably just an initial like oh i want to see the response like people i don't know if that will continue but and and like i i don't think they should play them like you know that's 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 where i kind of stand in it but selfishly i'm kind of happy they're playing this week so it's kind of it's yeah 100 percent. i want to see them um mm. cooper what way do you see this playing out over the next like i don't know few years yeah like <clears throat> i don't need to it's any more than the lads have said on the I guess the the moral side of it or the the ethics of getting involved in it, but it um I I've been very against it. I just hate the whole idea of it. And I can't remember if it was McIlroy or Ram uh, this week saying uh, it was Ram, I think, uh, talking about fifty four holes shotgun start. That's not golf. Um, so I'd be on that line as well. I know it makes for maybe a better product for the fan who attends. Um, if it's a four-hour window of just kind of, I don't know how you're meant to see any shots while you're just there for four hours watching lads on every hole, but I get the kind of 
the marketing appeal to it for someone to or to try and draw someone in who isn't a golfer maybe and then throw a throw a gig on afterwards and feed them with class food or whatever the the kind of side um attractions are um but yeah I've, I've had a lot of conversations about it and there is kind of one element to it and i think in the short term it's going to be a shit show um like the fucking crushers that just i remember when the logos came out first, <laughs> yeah the was, names are just an absolute like, so how amateur she was i was like this is never going to work but um then we started talking. like uh, it was like they just didn't realize how much it was going to cost to get the likes of justin johnson to commit and then they've no marketing budget left so like more about, more <laughs> yeah about, yeah more the young lads you know got microsoft paint out and made a few logos <laughs> that was that was the first thing i thought of the camera was a clip art pictures from fucking windows 99 or something just yeah um, no and, um like so the, the but the long term um um view of what this is and this isn't actually necessarily live specific i think the pga has has some sort of an opportunity or a window here to do something something with it as well but the whole idea of like an eight week window so whatever that is or whatever um wherever they could slot that in and this idea of teams and kind of that aspect of golf so the way we kind of landed on it when we were talking was if uh if it was a formula one um type mm. event so if Callaway, Ralph Lauren had John Ram and someone else as their drivers. And there was a short kind of whatever, eight, I don't care, six, eight, 10 week kind of period on tour where this was the kind of format, not 54 holes in shotgun, but kind of some sort of team element to it where mm. like that kind of a, if, if the PGA Tour wanted to now, they could probably do it. I'm not sure what brands would get involved with the Live Tours version of it. But I think that's what they want to do. If they want to turn into a Formula One. Um, I actually, that's an interesting one. Like I, I think firstly the, the fifty-four holes. I think it's just gimmicky. I think the shotgun star is just gimmicky. They just want to have headlines so they say like, "Oh, we're doing all these things differently." But like the team element, definitely, uh, there's something there. But the way they're going about it, I think, is just like stupid. I mean, yeah. they've just made it up. But what you just said, like, if it was manufacturers, if it was, I don't know, they did the country thing with the South African lads, didn't they? But if they had something that actually kind of meant something, and there was rivalries that could be built up. But yeah, totally no, and and even actually, and I, as much as I hate the shotgun star, because like I, I totally like get golf courses were designed to be played a certain way. But the, the it kind of works for this, um, just because it's a total gimmick at the moment, and we don't really take any notice of it. But everyone mm. finishing at the same time is is kind of interesting. But again, it's not it's not golf, and lads are saying as well. I I I kind of don't blame the USGA or um, I won't blame the RNA when they let them play next month. But it'll be on the Masters then next year to really stamp their foot, and they're the right guys to do it. But in a few years' time, if these 54-old shotgun events aren't sanctioned by the World Golf Ranking, yeah. probably they're going to fall out of convention anyway, unless they've won one. So we're we're in a we're in a bad spot when we're relying on Augusta National to be the moral compass. Yeah, I was just going to say they're a be they're a beacon of equality and <laughs> morality. And yeah, I still wearing still wearing the Augusta logo on on, on Monday. All right. 
it's like a, a stab in the dark. Please let yeah. me in next year. He's Fred in. Ridley. He'll be in anyway, right? Yeah, any of the past champions, I don't think they should ever not be allowed to play. But no, I don't think I don't think they'll ever take past champions, right? So I, uh, mm. I it's, agree. Uh, it's it, it's goals it's goals 2020 cricket it really in, in in terms of a format um and that has obviously been a huge success mm. in the course of the last 20 years or so i don't think golf had the same or has the same existential crisis that cricket would have had at that point though uh, i don't think golf needs to be reinvented but that's coming from someone who loves golf and yeah. <laughs> you know i'm not talking from the casual fans perspective i will say this though is that 72 hole stroke play i've always said there's too much of it i like i would have thought that you know a bit more match play dotted throughout the season or something would have spiced things up a bit i think the pj tour and well certainly the dp tour have have problems here uh have bigger problems and i don't know if you guys saw jay monaghan talking to jim nance and cbs last weekend like and you know cbs is a huge partner of the pga tour quite certain that jay monaghan knew the questions he was going to be asked and, and had a very friendly face and nance asking them but he to me he came across as quite smug and quite dismissive of, of live and, and i didn't really get the impression now obviously he's putting he's putting a face across to the viewers but you know uh, on a week that he'd lost dustin johnson mickelson dechambeau reed as kind of the headliners i didn't really feel like he was at least outwardly taking it seriously which i'm not sure is going to benefit him in the long run yeah i think that it's specifically if you're a purist golfer or like not even a purist golfer if you've watched golf for years this is a totally alien concept and it's not going to last, but there's a massive, I think DeShambo is one of their best, the best possible things they could have done to grab a demographic of golfers who don't really want to play or watch four days of golf. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. It, but they do like, I totally agree. I've whatever, how many weeks, 40 odd, 42 weeks of stroke play competitions. Like, when the Barbasol is on, I couldn't give an absolute shite about it, to be honest. Well, that's true. And I think it'll take away from the light of those events that, you know, the viewer will be more interested in watching this than, say, the Barbasol Championship. Yeah. I'm not and sure. It's clearly aimed at a younger demographic as well, because, you know, it's been streamed on YouTube. And, you know, but I do think ultimately they will need to get some sort of a TV presence for it to become, like, dominant, which is presumably the, presumably the goal for them. I think I read that they had a hundred thousand viewers as it reaches conclusion on Saturday. I think it'll be more interesting to me now to see what that figure is like in America in a couple of weeks because you know, for better or for worse. Like, like I think I think in I think in the UK and Ireland there is more of a traditionalist golfer that probably isn't as interested in it. And you know, obviously the time difference. So when you have a u.s event coming down to the conclusion in in prime time u.s u.s um it'd be interesting for me then to see what the figures in the youtube are like at that point yeah. yeah i don't know if if um like what i think youtube is ideal why why would they not want to go with youtube going forward it's possibly again me just being too traditionalist here thinking you know 
what's their audience i think that's what i mean they're obviously going towards a younger audience but like you know typical the typical i guess sky golf viewer on a sunday evening is going to be of a certain vintage and perhaps isn't yeah. going to play youtube but maybe they're not going to watch live anyway yeah okay. well, like, the only the only thing about the, the youtube angle is this this entire thing does not have to be profitable like yeah yeah dangerous rights or selling rights to it and also every smart tv in the world now has youtube like it's it, mm. it makes sense if they want to do a kind of market grab early on but yeah you you you'd, you'd think they'd have to get some sort of tv slot down the line but yeah. like they've, they've they've got youtube because it's like a not a last resort but like i don't think sky sports would have taken this on at the at the start would they no, not not at the moment. Yeah. No, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of yeah. like landed there. Yeah. As a product of, of what they're doing. I think one of the big things it shows that like I mean, we, we look at sports people and we idolize them and we talk about them as if they're heroes and you know, well, especially when you're younger. I mean, really and truly, they're just like they're they're all just like money hungry and they're doing it for whatever. Now I can't say all of them because not not all of them have gone, but I think I've possibly been guilty of putting people up on a pedestal or whatever in the past. Like, um, I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but none of my heroes are playing in this, so I don't have that issue. Yeah, well, that's... my my more of my concern here would be that there's no villains left on the PGA. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who to. I I, I don't know who to root against anymore. Like when Patrick when Patrick Reed said he was going, I nearly clapped. <laughs> I was like, I never want to see Patrick Reed win, but also I like having him there because it's it's nice to hate somebody. Mm. Nice to wonder what's he going to do this week? Is he going to yeah. try claim a dodgy relief or uh, yeah. his ball is plugged after bouncing the rough again? Or when yeah. someone's having him handing him an imaginary shovel when he goes into the bunker, like you know, it's kind of it adds to the entertainment of the whole event. I was at the President's Cup uh, in Royal Melbourne there when it was the week after the uh, bunker incident, and the crowd was so raucous, it was class. They were abusing him, and on one hole, I was watching him, and the caddy was so irate. And I found out then, like ten minutes later, that the caddy boxed some lad in the in the crowd, and the caddy got booted. It was class, like. But but anyway, um, w one final thing I'd say in it that looking at the Alan Shipnook stuff and his reporting of it, it does make me feel a little bit uneasy that all these journalists and stuff are taking the moral high ground and like they're 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 driving home this point about like okay the human rights obviously we can all agree that it's shocking and um no one is is for that but i just think that all these journalists what are what are they uh trying to get out of like their job like they're, they're looking at eye, they, they want eyeballs on them they want attention on them this is fueling exactly that so like you have the likes of alan chipnook and stuff there who wants to be the center of attention he's just wrote phil mickelson's book yeah and, and he's there like he's you know at the center of the storm so i don't know i uh, that just makes me feel a little bit uneasy as well that oh Sh shipnock couldn't like short of mickelson dying he couldn't be in a better position yeah. for this book to come out like i yeah. think there's, a, there's an abundance of hypocrisy here and it's very difficult to get into it there's so many layers to this like you know the, you, yeah, just at a very very high level you have sky sports 
hammering it, yet they'll have no problem having Newcastle headline the first Super Sunday of the season in football. Yeah. They'll, they'll be, they, yeah. they will be actively encouraging Newcastle to succeed because it will add another dimension to their football coverage. You know, the, 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 it's very easy to take the moral ground. There is an abundance of hypocrisy here. 100%. There will be an, there will be in any big issue um in the in the modern world i think you know especially when, when you bring geopolitics into it it's a minefield mm. yeah yeah Con, you said it earlier though if 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 it wasn't if there wasn't 400 million going to drag three lads in it wouldn't be as big an issue yeah i'm sponsoring the ladies event in london this this week like yeah yeah, yeah. like it's just it needs the money it's this kind of yeah I, maybe it's maybe it's uh just kind of the the the, the purest golfers are looking at it like an attack um but yeah if i think if you took a few zeros off and this these lads are trying to start another league obviously greg norman's an awful person to have behind it but um i, I don't think it would be making as much kind of a much as much noise yeah that's the same with jim nance in the states as well like like he's directly his success or wealth is directly associated with the success of the pga tour so like for him to come out with like brave comments against live i i don't think it constitutes brave i think yeah it's self, self-serving and and that's the same with a few of them like randall shambly has been very vocal about it since the since day one and i just like I, like i know he makes he makes good points and everything but it's just hard to you know i don't know if believe's the right word but it's just it's hard to know whether you know they're um they're coming from the right place um first so everyone's out for themselves story of the world um we could talk about this all day and uh we will i'm sure over time um but canadian open mcelroy shot 62 on a different course uh he missed a couple of four footers uh and still won by a couple of shots um on, in the canadian open so it's the second canadian open title um pretty pretty good performance from rory and pretty good timing um did uh did you guys did you guys watch it exceptional timing pj tour couldn't have wished for oh. a better final day uh given the context of what we just yeah, talked about 100 i mean you have you have rory McIlroy and justin thomas to that point at least i know ram and a few others have spoken at the us open this week but up until that point like the two knights in shining iron were at the pj tour uh two very marketable young guys uh to the best and the bride and the played and played with them yeah and poor el tony um <laughs> yeah poor el tony shooting 64 and still not able to get over the line but yeah, no, it, 64. it couldn't have been better for the bj tour um like i'm sure jim nance was very happy sitting in his ivory cbs tower at the 18 green and <laughs> watching it all unfold yeah uh, what a performance though how good was Rory yeah and uh like didn't realize he changed uh, citizenship to Canadian like the Canadian fans yeah. absolutely like he's revered over there like he's he's, he's yeah absolutely I suppose that's Rory though he is it's the same everywhere he goes like he like everyone's such a big fan he is the closest thing to Tiger like that in the, the modern game has anyway um no yeah I, I felt I was I was nervous now in the last couple of holes like obviously after he missed he missed that short power push on i think it was 14 kind of the downhill left to rider 
Um, and then he missed like I think it was a shorter one. Then that easy yeah. right to left, like was it three feet? I don't know, three and a half. Um, and you're like, oh no, like you know, this is this is kind of the way his season has sort of. I mean, he's had an encouraging enough season, but like you know, Rory of old, you know, would have turned the screw, you know, when he was when he was eight under through thirteen or whatever he was. Um, but yeah, and he doesn't need a caddy. No, obviously. there you go, hundred percent. Yeah, diamond is diamond is back on the bag this week. I was, I was, yeah. I was really interested to see would he would he leave him on for one more week. Oh, I'd say he's scared. Maybe for one more week. So he's legging it out the door, like just. Yeah, leave the baby with you. Yeah, that was it. It was Harry Diamond's missus was having a baby. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's, it's been a while since there's been a Harry Diamond controversy. I, you know, it's, it's, really <laughs> what, it's really what golf needed this week. Uh, does does roaring need something else? But your show. It's a good point, Joe. I mean, like everyone criticizes Harry Diamond, and I don't know, like it just shows Rory how much do you, how much does a caddy actually mean? Well, yeah, the same. I can't remember what his name is. O'Connor. Um, O'Connor. Niall. He's an ex rugby player, isn't he? Yeah. Ah. Class. But like, it's the same with JP. Like, I, I'm, I think Rory didn't get any reads from JP. Doesn't get them from Harry. Reads all his own puts. Like, I, you can't, you can't underestimate the importance of a caddy, obviously. But you, you almost feel that like Rory, like he's got that experience now, and you know. But sometimes he does need it. Like you do see, you know the way like when he's like when he's on those birdie rolls and like you know when he's like he's basically bouncing up the fairways with the chest out, like you know. And yeah. Then, but then you see it after he's missed a four footer or he's missed the green with a wedge from 120 yards or something. Like you know the body will be the complete opposite. So maybe he does need someone who can kind of give him that mental sort of um, kick and and but that's what I think that's what Bob Bertella is probably trying to do with him at the moment as well. So is he working on Bertella now? Yeah. Yeah. He's such a momentum player, though, isn't he? Like, he rolled in that put on the first, was it, like, 35 feet or something, and you're just like, boom, he's off. And, like, as you just said there, it can go into reverse gear equally fast. Like, um, yeah. he's just pure momentum. Um, Dave, your favourite man bottled it on the 18th, Justin Rose. Justin Rose. I could not believe it. <laughs> when I saw the role he was on, I honestly, I thought he was done. I thought he was done. I want, I wanted him to go to live. I want him to go to live. I want nothing. More. He's got, he, uh, uh, reportedly, he is going. He's, well, that does not surprise me. I'm surprised. Really? Yeah. Already there. Um, there's not a more gutless man on the PGA Tour <laughs> than I think that's just so harsh. Like, where, where do you, where have you got this hatred for Justin Rose from? Where have you? Why have you not got it? Is a better question. I just I think he is the cringiest, most facetious, like there's the, the ingenuine golfer. I think like he he is the, he is the poster boy for why people dislike golfers. <laughs> In my opinion. I, I don't I don't I don't ha have the same hatred at all as Dave does, but he's done something unforgivable a couple of times now. Have you seen? He did it on Saturday, I think, in the Canadian Open, and he did it in the Masters last year or this year. When he lifts the put in, he does this like hip, like yeah. movement, as if he's like got a hula hoop outside him. Oh uh, yeah. He's done that so, not only did he do it at the Masters, but like he thought it was 
a good idea to do it again like he's so cringy like and you know when he wears the shirt with the roses on it like i mean that's you know is that not the equivalent of me wearing a shirt with my face all over it's like, you know, <laughs> your name pal like you can't be going around his best mates are not orange though so that kind of levels it all out yeah but i think that's all playing up to it as well isn't it Totally, of yeah. course it is of course it is and even the golf and gods can't stand them because you know remember you organized that that ladies event in, in in london during the pandemic and it went on fire i think if that was ever an indication as to how uh, how people feel about just <laughs> uh but um to round off the the canadian open shane larry snuck in another uh top 10 there i i would argue this is shane larry's best season for form overall he hasn't won yet and the year he won the open he won he won in abu dhabi that year and then he obviously won the yeah, open but, but like i was having a quick look at his world golf ranking uh and his worst finish in a stroke play event all season is 32nd yeah, like he he's like second at the honda third third at the masters third at the heritage top 10 this week larry is playing unbelievable yeah yeah it's just the win that's that's missing really that's all and to be fair he like even the honda in particular that was that was a sour pill for any irish for any oh. Irish fans to take um fucking whatever happened on 18 with the, with the yeah it's just bucket it down didn't like i think he had his drive in 18 240 that day yeah and like the short the next shortest drive like 280 or something Larry's not a short like he you know he's not the longest but he's definitely like he you know he still hits the, like he his averages are quite high so um I think Seb Straka who won that didn't he yeah um had driven a 330 like 20 minutes before him um and like you know it, yeah it just shows like he got he got very unlucky and I think then at the RBC that's the Harbour Town one isn't it the yeah RBC, yeah so yeah it was just the pudding it was just kind of Remember 17, hit an unbelievable iron shot in there, and then the chipping though, the the into the water, archery in the back nine, the chipping yeah. in the water was unforgivable for a man. Of his yeah, time. I think he was a two shot lead at that stage, didn't he? So he he kind of could have afforded Bowie. It was, I think, we can't get how difficult that chip was, though as well. Like it was extremely, but I think you play the percentages, not play. Like you know, you know, you bump it into the, you try and play bump and run. Like I think he landed it on the green, did he? Oh, he landed it way too far. He landed. He like yeah. he, he he sort of he played it. I thought like not not an out and out play, but like you know, one of those ones you play yourself where a little bit of a blade. You're kind of hoping to check somehow. Um, mm. didn't. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have fancied it my chipping. Um, but well, you would have <laughs> filed, man. You you would have put it that. I, I would have put it. it. No doubt about it. I would have put it to the rough. You like, definitely, you definitely wouldn't have made double. Exactly, I would have won that tournament. Yes. Um, but anyway, he'll be quietly confident going into the U.S. Open this week. He's due. He's due. He's due. I think he's due. All this bad karma. It's gonna come good. Um. So U.S. Open for anyone that isn't aware, it's on Brookline, very famous, well, infamous history in the world of golf. I'd say. Um. There was that incredible U.S. comeback in the '99 Ryder Cup, but. Justin Leonard running around in those uh, ridiculous red t-shirts on the 18th. Worst, worst t-shirts ever, yeah. Yeah. Also, um, the amateur Francis Wee May won the 1913. We May, we met, I don't know. Uh, won the 1913 US Open at Brookline. He grew up, I think, across the road from the 17th. 
Uh, he beat two of the most famous golfers in the world at the time, Harry Varden and Ted Ray. Great book about it called The Greatest Game Ever Played. Cooper, you said you watched the movie at the weekend to, to get Disney, the Disney just made the greatest golfing film of all time. Is it good? Would it not be a bit cringy if it's Disney? It's incredibly cringy, but it's also unreal. Yeah, okay. The Shia LaBeouf uh, there. No Shia LaBeouf, what a golfer, I'm sure. He actually Meg- lovely swimming it, to be fair. Yeah? Megan yeah, Fox. No, um, he's as good as Matt Damon's in he's in the legend of Bag of Ants, isn't he? Oh yeah, himself and Will Smith, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus. Um, yeah. But I actually don't know much about Brookline. Like I've only seen clips of that um Ryder Cup in ninety-nine. Um but Yeah, the US amateur was there in twenty thirteen. Um it's undergone, it's undergone a bit of a transformation, obviously. Um, I think by the same guys who did work on Southern Hills, so given where just come off at Southern Hills major. Um, that's interesting. I think it's it's the second it's the sec it's held the second most USGA event USGA events in history behind Marion. So it's, it's it hasn't held the US Open since nineteen eighty eight when uh, Curtis Strange won. He um, break his no. So it's 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 definitely a an older style American golf course, which has obviously now had a bit of distance added to it, as you would expect. Some trees, etc., taken out. Um, very small greens, I believe. Um, yeah. Very small greens, which would sort of lead me towards thinking it'll be suiting good iron players. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah. I did, I did read something during the week actually that. Uh, the last five US Open winners have been in the top 12 uh, strokes gained approach. Um, and given given my near miss of the PGA with uh, Mr. Pereira, that led me to check out the top 12 on tour at the moment and see if I could identify another Mito. And Mito is there. He is in the top 12 stroke gained approach on PGA Tour this season. I will not be putting money on him this week. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, David gave Milo Pereira as his tip the week before the uh, the PGA. Um, but so then, well, narrow it down. Then who are you going? There, so let's exclude Mito. Now, no doubt he will win this week. Um, just just to re, just to really rub it in. Um, there are some interesting names on. It. I mean, there's a couple of people that you probably would instantly disregard. And I would be, you know, hesitant to do so given prayer the last year. So a guy like Tom Hoagie, but then if you look at his button stats, like I don't know if anyone's seen much of Hoagie this season, but you know, like the players, for example, I think he led all of the long game categories and then was dead last in putting. So I'm not gonna be going in that road. I think in terms of in terms of bigger names, someone who stood out to me was Mushofle. Uh he is been in the top five, I think, of all of the last five years open top 10 i think of the last five years opens i should say he is in the top 12 of stroke games approach he's he's not having a great season but he's kind of tipping along um he got his win as well got his win got his win i think he's i think he's definitely worth someone worth looking at um shane larry as well he's there i mean shane as we just spoke about is having such a, a wonderful season in terms of form and just missing the win I do think Larry benefits from a place he feels comfortable and 
I think this golf course will suit him. And I also think that there is going to be an Irish element to the crowd when it's just outside Boston. So I think Shane gets off to, if he gets off to a good start and, you know, the J1s will have, will have <laughs> out in the States as well. There will be no doubt a few boys there um, looking to cheer him on. Um, I'd be I'd be hesitant to call a winner uh, this week, but I think those two are two that are standing out to me in terms of potential contenders. So Sander and Shane, and then Matt Fitz, I suppose, would be the other. I, yeah, player. that's someone you have to look at. Yeah. Given that he won in twenty thirteen here, in the yeah, he's the only he's the only player in the field to ever have won anything here. Yeah, but I will yeah. say it's not the same course. But it's yeah, no. same thing. But he's gonna have he's gonna have good you, you know horses for courses like he he will have good kind of feeling Vibes. coming there I think and and he, like his consistency as well I just think like I I really like him for a top five like top ten but I, I just doubt when you know push comes to shove he he kind of backs off. Like I think he won he won that huge event when he was an amateur when the the US amateur and if you look at the field that he beat that week in the US amateur it was actually silly you should take a look at it um Schultz was in as well wasn't he I think he was yeah but he just seems he seems to bottle things he's won a lot like on the European tour but like, mm. he bottled that US PGA there um, he said though he said he said this week about when the US amateur he was completely unaware at the time. Of what that meant he didn't mm. even know that that got him into the masters like i wonder was he just playing in complete blissful ignorance at the ignorance time this, yeah. and like didn't yeah. realize the you know what doors this is going to open to him whereas now i mean you know that wouldn't really leave you in a lot of confidence about the man's intelligence but you know i assume he knows the us <laughs> opens a major um you know maybe <laughs> Billy foster will tell him at some point this is actually a major match um, <laughs> I think yeah, I Tony PGA. Sorry, I find it very difficult to see him hold the trophy at the end of the week. Mm. He's not a stay. Like, did you see him in the first two days of the Canadian Open last week as well? Like, you know, he was he he got the nine under, I think, late on Friday, and then the break. He just hit the brakes. Like, he just he's just not a stayer. He doesn't. I think yeah, when he gets into that okay. position, not having won on the PGA Tour yet, I think mm. to expect him to win the US Open is. That's a big ask. He, I just don't like the way he carries himself on the course. He just doesn't have like a demeanor of a man who's mm. gonna go out and beat everyone. What? It, what who oh. fancy then, Joe? Um, I also hate how he puts with the flag in. It's just something I find hard to watch. Like, I, I don't know what it is, you know, especially creature flag, and all that, but maybe. Especially because the flag's bigger than them. <laughs> <laughs> in width. It's almost. It's almost as if like you know the flag's towering over him, and it's like. Yeah, intimidating him. Yeah, like when he was doing it in the Ryder Cup last year, and like you know, it didn't help the fact that he just brained every match anyway. But like, um, and duffed the second shot on eighteen into the water and uh, with some straights. But um, but when I was watching him with the flag in, it was he just didn't feel he was going to hold anything. And I think he was played that week for the sole purpose because his putting stats were like on the charts good for the seat for twenty twenty one season. Um, but yeah, I think him for like a top five, top 10 is like a decent bet. And Corey Connors got to the semi-final of the US Amateur there in 2013. Ball striking is so good. Um, shot a 62 in the Canadian Open final round last weekend. 
I think he missed the cut in six of his first seven attempts at the Canadian Open. Uh, and that was the seventh. And he came, I think, tied eighth or something. Um, so he'll, he'll feel good. And, you know, I think he's played well at Augusta. Um, another guy, I'm not sure if I can see him holding the trophy. Um, I think his putting goes a bit, abandons him a bit when, when the pressure comes on. But I think, like Dave highlighted, like, you know, approach play is so important to small greens. And, like, you know, if he can if you can lean on that for the week, like, you know, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility and win. Um, mm. And then I think they're probably kind of middle of the pack guys. Well, Matthias is higher, but um, it's hard to look against JT. I think yeah. he's done so well. He, like, I think coming into the Masters, he was kind of a heavy favorite, but I think putting was um, deserting him a bit at that point. Um, and he also hadn't won in, I, I can't remember when his previous win to the USPGA was, but um, I think it had been a while for someone like him. Um, but now he's got the win. I think, you know, floodgates could open for him now during the summer. I could see him coming off this season with four wins, like, you know, and, and this week might be one of them. Um, so, so, yeah. JT, Corey Connors. Um, um, and Matt Fitz for a high finish, yeah. Oh, sorry, there's one other guy, um, Sam Burns, obviously. Yeah. Like, he is just, he's the real deal. He is amazing. Um, the only thing I'd say about him, I'm like, is he the classic, you know, PGA golfer, USPGA golfer, that, um, PGA Tour, I should say, um, that, like, does well in your, you know, your week-to-week PGA Tour events? Um, you know, you know, the FedEx Cup top thirty end the season um at, at East Lake. Um and you know, is is he is he like a Billy Horschel? I don't think so. Like he, as in he's he, four times, so I think this year, hasn't he? He's yeah. won four times in the wraparound season, yeah. Yeah. Um or four times in the last year. I think he's won three in this season. Um I think him and Scheffler have um seven between them for the for the twenty one, twenty two season. Um but I don't think he's that. He's like he's top ten in the world, and I think he's going to stay in and around that for a while. Um, so definitely, definitely think he's worth a look. Yep. Okay, Cooper. What are you saying? Um, yeah, like uh, the greens are going to be massive this week. Um, and as the lads have said, it's only a couple of miles from the the Atlantic, so hopefully that plays well for. Uh, I think the someone describing this. Um, didn't say it's linksy, but it has kind of linksy features like fescue and kind of just high winds. It feels like a links, even though it's a parkland. Um, but yeah, this course, if, if you watch a uh, golf digest, do a great flyover of it, of all the holes. And the greens are obviously visibly small, unlike kind of place like Pebble Beach. They're not like just circles. They're they're weird, small greens. And there seems to be a fucking pop hunger in front of every one of them. So like, there's nowhere to hide here. Um, there's no runoff. It's all deep, rough outside. It's it's going to be typical US Open, really low score and sorry, not really low score and really, really low finishing score. Yeah. Um, and oh, it's going to be amazing. Um, I would say um, one guy who I'm not going to put him as a tip, uh, who's chipping is horrendous. So you probably know by that alone, but. His scrambling from the rough is amazing. Uh, Hovland. Ah. It play up well for him um, if if he's putting well. Um, but it's just the, just the layout of the course, the only reason I'd say that. Um, no, I think it's JT Rory. 
Uh, I'm actually going to try and find the odds for them to finish 1-2 in any order. Um, last week, I think, was one of the best final rounds of golf, and you have to include feet now in that as well. Um, mm-hmm. What was it, 62-3-4, and four, something like that. Just incredible golf. Um, I would side with JT, though, to get his revenge. Uh, I'd say he's absolutely bullying after the, the way he finished uh, in the Canadians. So just on that and how good an iron player he is and how temperamental Rory's putting can be, I think JT will get one back on him this week. Um, who else? The one, actually, the, I, actually, I totally agree with the Matt Fitz um, angle as well. And there'll be a patriotic bet on Larry, too. But one uh, that might be really under the radar at 50s and maybe he's 50s for a reason is uh, Kepka. Um, in his last four US Opens, he's only lost to four people. So the man just fucking comes alive. That's different, so, different, different books, Kepka. Yeah, yeah. Just on that as well, did you see that stat about him in his last, oh, I think it's over the last five years of majors, uh, I, I'm not certain of that number, but he's 71 under par combined in the majors. The next closest to him is 20 under par. He's a freak. It's, it's, it's Insane. Ridiculous. But yeah, it, it, it is a different book. Yeah. yeah, you wonder if like, what's the, when John Ram and McElroy have kids, the, the perspective mm-hmm. gets thrown around. So maybe Brooks will have a bit of perspective now after the wedding this week. But um, no, I just think of 50s, if you're getting 10, 10 places, 50s is great odds. Um, and it's insane that Brooks kept it, could be 50 to 1, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Shoufle, um each way as well, because he's more than as, as guaranteed as a golfer can be to finish on the top 10. Xander yeah, or Juicy Scotty? Oh, Xander, Xander, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, JT win, JT Rory won too, if you can find it. And then Larry Shoufle and kept each way mm, okay who are you who are you con i really i really like sorry Liv. sorry Liv. no go on ahead go on ahead i re- yeah i really like uh i really like shelfly for a place this week and i really like larry to have a big week i just think mm. as well back to how familiar people are with it but when you think back to the 99 rider cup and i know it's a different golf course but just what cooper was saying there in terms of like conditions and stuff like the europeans were played so well that week you know it really seemed to suit a european style player i think larry can mm. i think larry can really have a big week um one one outsider that i was thinking about uh just if anyone really wants to take a punt is uh is ryan fox he's been Based. outstanding on the dp tour this year and um, he's got a couple of wins he's been up there. I think he lost the playoff to Perez. I think in, in in Holland there a few weeks ago, and again he's sort of the what Cooper said there in terms of the the links he feels to. Of course, he plays well at those kind of places. Um, now I'm not expecting Ryan Fox to win. That being said, you know Michael Campbell did represent New Zealand very well once upon a time in, in the US Open, so you never know. But I I would just think if anyone was considering someone at a high price for you know 10 places or something you could do a lot worse than ryan fox and also you know you, there's a there's a thing you know there's always a thing in my mind that like you know a player in form irrespective of where he's doing it is just going to come in with a bit of confidence you know he hasn't been on the pga tour but like he's been contending week in week out on the dp tour so that would be my sort of i'd be 
hesitant to say Mito Pereira the week because there's not as much talk gone into it. But he'd be your, like you two euro each way or something. Yeah, exactly. You're two euro each way. You're not going to be you're not going to be too bothered if he misses the cut, but you're obviously going to be lapping it up. Sunday mm. even if he's what does he say? I think I saw him at in excess of two hundred. Really? I say he must be two fifty three hundred. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I'm I'm. I'm just putting it out there in terms of someone who could have a solid week and maybe backdoor his way into a place. Is this, yeah. this evidence for the tip? Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the stats on the PGA Tour website. Second on uh, scrambling for the year and ninth in a approach, uh, strokes game approach is Shane Larry. I mean, I know he's Irish and whatever. I think he's the man. And he stayed in your house. He in my house for a week. <laughs> Um, yeah, he knows knows you by first name. Remember the K Club? Yeah, he does. He, he absolutely knows me first name. But I think it's it, I have to try catch myself because I'm obviously so biased towards him. But he's he's so good this year. Yeah, yeah. No, so, it's not biased. It's it's it's, it's obviously like, there's a bit of patriotism there. But he's genuinely like he's 24 in the world now. But Data Golf has him as far as the stats are confirmed as the eighth best player in the world. Like that's what's Data Golf? I haven't. Oh. Uh, it's just class for for stats. Yeah, really. it has McElroy as number one in the world, doesn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Like an alternative like, reality world ranking. Yeah, it's more reflective of the current position. I think like, like expected goals kind of carry on. Yeah. Okay, I must look it up. But yeah, for me, um, Larry is just so good. Um, just based on what what we were just saying, if it's small greens, then you need to, have to be a good iron player. But they're all going to miss greens. So he need to be a good scrambler, and that's Larry's two of his best traits. Yeah. So. Scrambling is more important. Like scrambling as a whole is more important than chipping here because that rough is a big equalizer mm-hmm. in terms of it's going to weed out a lot of the good chippers. That's why I thought Cooper's point about Hovland actually was was a good one because Hovland yeah. he can get the ball. He's he's not a good chipper, but he can get the ball in the hole, and that's mm. that's going to be very yeah. important because it's going to be you know if you short side yourself in the course like this. You're not you're not getting your chip within 10 15 foot like and it's going to be up to you then to roll in a few of those to kind of keep your round going because there is also it's um i think that there's only I, i'm not sure about the par fours there's definitely only two par fives um which kind of i don't know takes away some advantage a big hitter might have but i think there's three drivable par fours really three par fours that are kind of if a bryson only maybe it's bryson yardage just that he might get there, but I think there's something like that. Yeah, they're always good for bringing the tee or two forward. They do always mess around with the tees in the U.S. Open, don't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, um, there's a very short part three as well. I think it might be the 11th, and it might even it might not even be a full wedge for some. Oh, it's like that, the, the rush. It's class. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. Someone no one has mentioned leading the tour in strokes gained approach is Will Zalatoris. The man can't put, but. He can, um, he can play, he can the, play man, major. The, the man somehow can put, yeah. Well, that's you know, true from outside of foot. You kind of feel like the yips oh, you are just oozing out of him, but he somehow manages to get the ball in the hole. It's a bit like watching McGowan chip, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and and put, I'm actually, I've actually just ordered an arm lock putter because I said if it works for Will's out, Will's out towards it works for me. Given that Shane Larry stayed in your house, it's it's yeah. clear and obvious evidence that the Ips aren't contagious. So yeah, at least, at least well, at that, at that age, I was the best uh, chipper in Wicklow Golf Club. 
That's true, actually. That's true. That's um, true. The description I heard of um of Salatoris putting stroke was like someone trying to get into third gear in in <laughs> with their with the gear. Hundred <laughs> percent. Side to side. It's a little bit like that, but it's also a little bit like trying to get into your house when you're rotten and you're just trying to get the keys. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you guys, if, if, you've, if you've known about it. I've known about it for a while, like, and it kind of puts me off really back on the big events, but it seemed like the entire world only found out at the USPGA that he puts like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twitter went fucking mad when they saw one of the... the Z, oh, he's signing his name with his putter. And... <laughs> yeah. Actually, do, you know what, do you know what he does, which I actually think is... is saving him a lot of you know the way sometimes you know, you'd be a bit nervy over a four foot or something you put mm. to win a match and like you might the, the putter will come back and you know it's not on the right path and then you're just like trying to like fix it with your hands but like he almost seems to stop it like he he, he takes it back it goes like but then he stops it and then like pushes it through the way he wants it to go through i wonder is that actually helping him how he keeps the, pe- the tempo is is it's actually impressive it's all it is repeatable it's like he does the same thing over and over and it's like if he can do the same thing over and over like why not just do it the normal way but it's a different squiggle on the way back but it's the same follow-through so I guess that's <laughs> yeah imagine he had a put though to like he hold that put on the last hole um to get into that playoff or yeah i think it tra- transpired to get into the playoff but it was the perfect distance it was like 10 12 feet you could you could uh put a free stroke on it Imagine he had a three footer on the last to win a major. I mean, he would shit himself. So, like, Scotty Scheffler's four put on the 18th of at Augusta. I reckon that will be in the back of his mind. I I don't think that that was just a lapse of concentration. I think he missed when he missed one of them. I think it started to get into his head a little bit. Yeah, but, and he had to ask Ted Scott. Then, like, he was like, "How many do I have, I have left here?" Like, yeah. as in, because he whatever he had in the 18th, yeah. Um, but anyway boys we should wrap it up um good chatting to you enjoy the us open um and we will we'll chat afterwards